Rand was never off his game. He glanced up, frowning. Dakota, thanks for rushing. We really need you, but this is bad. Really bad. Cinnamon can wait in. I can take whatever you got, Cinnamon said indignantly. And I'd rather not let her out of my sight, I said quietly. Rand's eyes tightened. He knew why I never let her out of my sight. Just before I took her in, a serial killer had kidnapped her to get to me. It wasn't that I never let her out of my sight, but whenever things got sketchy, I'd pick bringing her over leaving her every time. I understand, Dakota, he said, turning back to the knot of first responders. Let me show you what we're dealing with. Sure thing, I muttered. No one thinks to ask me whether I can take it. Rand just kept walking. McGuff, this is Dakota Frost. You didn't mention she was a civvy, said a small, wiry, wizardly man in a Columbo trench. Like Rand, his coat was torn, his hands bloodied. But where Rand was thrown off his game, McGuff's movements were still crisp, his eyes sharp. A few nicks and cuts? Bah, didn't even slow him down. Bad idea having a civilian on a crime scene. She was practically raised on the force, Rand said, and I think she can help. Well, let's hope somebody can. We're out of options, McGuff said, sizing me up. So, you're Rand's fabled Edgeworld expert. Jeez, you are tall. My mouth quirked up. Edgeworld was slang for the magical counterculture. Unlike most practitioners throughout history who'd kept magic secret, or most normal people today, who tried to pretend it wasn't there, edgeworlders practiced magic openly, something which did not endear us to either group. What gave me away, I said, and it's edgeworlder, not edgeworld expert. Ah, she knows the lingo. Good, but it's still a bad idea, McGuff said, frowning. He glanced down at Cinnamon, and his frown deepened. And on the note of bad ideas, you really want to bring a minor along? Rand and I just looked at him, and Cinnamon raised a clawed hand and mimed a swat. Fine, fine, he said. When the Department of Family and Child Services comes calling, don't come crying to me. He waded back into the officers. All right, boys and girls, McGuff said, voice crackling with authority, making the officers jump. He was barely taller than Cinnamon, but his presence dominated the scene. Move aside, and let's see if Rand's pet witch can figure out how to handle this. Before I could even try to correct the pet witch crack, the officers, all nervous, most worried, many scratched up like they'd been in a fight with a cat, parted so I could see the outer wall. My breath caught, and it took me a moment to realize what I was seeing. The brick wall was sprayed with graffiti, a huge flock of exaggerated letters exploding out of a coiling nest of elaborately thorned vines. The graffiti tag was amazing work. Even I had to admire the roses woven into the vines. They're a specialty of mine, but the artwork was just a backdrop. Dead in the center of the tag, a person was crucified in a web of twisted and rusted barbed wire, half standing, half sprawling in a splash of his own blood. The man moaned and raised his head, and with a shock I recognized him as our friend Revenance, a guard at the warehouse, Cinnamon's former home. Revenance was a vampire of the Oakdale clan. So what was he doing out in the day? I looked for the sun, relaxed a little at the cloud cover, 
and then something clicked in my mind, and I looked back in horror. Revenance wasn't crucified in the wires, but in the graffiti itself. Painted vines had erupted from the wall, fully dimensional, moving as if alive, curling around him, sprouting metal barbs hooking into his flesh, drawing blood and pulling outward, pulling as we watched. The graffiti was tearing him apart.